Good morning. I don't know if my microphone is working or not. Not yet? Keep talking? Is it good? Nope. We there? What? It's not. It should be on. No, but you're robust. No, it's not. How about now? Is it on now? Is it working? Why don't I just talk loud? They'll get it. Hey, there we go. All right. Oh, I'm glad to be here this morning. You know, it really just, uh, one thing I'm thankful for is coming in and seeing all of this. Um, I get to be a part of the other side of Angel Tree, uh, getting everybody signed up for it. All the, getting all the guys, uh, at least at our facility, that have children that want to participate to sign up. And it really does draw them in. Once they find out I'm doing Angel Tree signups, which is uh, generally in August, um, Guys that I never get to see will come into the chapel looking, you know, to, to fill in, fill out an angel tree uh, application and then, which application is probably the wrong word, they just fill it out. We're, it's not like we're turning anybody down. But they do, they do often wonder if anything comes of it. Um, you know, they're not, they're not usually optimistic people. Uh, in fact, they have an expression among themselves where they say, you ain't got nothing coming. Uh, meaning whatever you think good is going to happen, you ain't got nothing coming. Um, and so a lot of, I've had some tell me, well, you can fill that thing out, but your, your kids don't ever actually get a present. And so to walk in here and see all this, I even uh, snapped a picture of it on my phone. I'm going to mail it to my state email account so that I can show some of the guys at work tomorrow. See, look, that's Angel Tree presents all ready to go. It's real exciting to see. Um, and I am thankful for you that you're being a part of this because this is really reaching uh, well every one of those is one person that we're going to reach out to and share Christ's love with and that that just really makes me excited it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now this morning but when I see that I'm excited um, so a few weeks ago or several weeks ago now Adam mentioned a reality show during his sermon called Alone and I don't watch a whole lot of reality TV, but I heard that one and I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I might have to watch an episode or two. Um, and so we found out the Roku channel had seasons one, two, and three for free. And then I think we had to jump over to Netflix for season five or something like that. And now we're kind of bummed because we've binge watched all the ones that aren't going to cost us extra money. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to hunt them down at this point. It's a great show, Alone. Um, I don't think for a second that I could ever be in something like that. Uh, if you're not, if, if you missed Adam's description, basically what it is, is people that fancy themselves as survivalists go into usually Vancouver Island, but sometimes Patagonia, and in one season the Arctic, or actually they were a few hundred miles south of the Arctic Circle, but very, very close to the Arctic. Um, and they're dropped off with 10 items, and that's it. And it's up to them to find their shelter and their food and try to survive. And they have a radio. If at any moment, or it's probably a satellite phone, if at any moment they don't think they can do it, they can hit that button and the team comes in and takes them out. And what's always fun to watch 
is at the very, very end when after 10 people, after nine of them have finally quit, they go in to tell the last person uh, that they've won. And it's usually after, I think, you know, they go on like 71 to 78, somewhere in the 70s number of days that they're there. So that person is a little bit changed by the time they go and tell them. You know, they're usually considerably lighter. <laughs> uh, that's putting it mildly. Um, sometimes they might not be thinking entirely straight. They've been alone for all this time. And the way they always tell them that they've won is they go in for a, a, a med check where they're going to come in and make sure they're healthy and then leave. And they start asking them, well, how are you feeling about being alone? How do you feel about the people that, you, you've, you know, that, are, that are back home? And usually about that time, the guy's wife is sneaking up on him from behind. And it's always interesting to watch their reaction when they turn around and they see their loved one. You know, these are, you know, in many cases, stereotypical survivalists. You know, and they have proven that they are tough enough to be out there for months and they see their loved one and they just usually just break down at that moment. They gasp and they break down and they can hardly believe. One guy said he didn't even hear his wife say you won. He didn't even think about that, even though that would be the only reason she was there. He was just so happy to, to see her. And on the flip side, this one we watched not long ago, the one in the Arctic, this one guy had himself so convinced that by now he had to be the winner. He was like, nobody could be out here. And they tell me there's a med check tomorrow. I think my wife is coming. I think four people were still out, at the, still going at that time. And faring much better than him. But he got so convinced that you could even see it in his face as they were doing the med check and asking him the standard questions that he's just kind of waiting and waiting and then they, they board the boat and take off and he just completely broke down because he had, was so convinced his waiting was over. I don't know if you've ever uh, been in a situation where you where you long to see someone and get to, and finally get to see them. We set up Samantha with a surprise like that a few years ago. Our, the, the one we call our unofficial son, Cody, wanted to bring his fiance to Hawaii and let us, we hadn't met her and he was going to introduce her to us and, and they were going to spend Christmas with us in Hawaii, but they wanted it to be a surprise for Sam. Now, that's kind of tricky to bring somebody <laughs> into Hawaii and, and make it a surprise, but we did it. Uh, apparently, I can be very devious. Uh, we did it by one of the guys in our church came and told me that, uh, came and told us that he had received bad news from home. He had to fly home immediately. That's not uncommon in Hawaii. People, you know, if you get an emergency, you might have to leave. And it's never uncommon in Hawaii to, I just realized I'm stepping out of the box. Uh, Adam warned me about the box over and over again, and I'm way out of it. It's never uncommon in Hawaii to have to give people rides to the airport. You do it all the time. So Ken comes over and he's like, oh, I, I've got to, you know, I got to get to Ohio. I've got some bad news in my family. I've got to go see my father in some medical emergency. Can you give me a ride to the airport? Yes, I'll give you a ride to the airport. That gets me out of the house for a couple hours. 
and to actually go to the airport in case she's using find my phone to see you know when's he getting home anyway I'm going to the airport of course I was there a little longer than a drop-off because I've actually had to pick somebody up and load their stuff and all that sort of thing and so when she calls on the way home, you know, why is it taking so long? I'm like, well, I'm stuck in traffic, which is not at all unusual in Hawaii. It's the worst traffic in the country. Uh, you know, H1, which is their version of an interstate, uh, you know, it's a parking lot most of the time. And I really was sitting on H1, but I was making pretty good time. And I'm like, I'm stuck in traffic as I'm telling Cody and Peyton to be quiet. She's on the phone. Uh, and so then because we're very sneaky, right about the time we get there, I even mentioned on the phone, I was like, oh, by the way, Cody's texting me something about it. he sent us a gift and he's afraid that it's going to get dropped off on our porch, so he's going to tell us as soon as it's there, we can go out and check. Uh, right as, as he's walking up, he calls her and he's like, hey, Sam, I just left, I just found out that the gift I had shipped to you guys got dropped off on your porch. Can you grab it before anybody steals it? That way she walks right out the door and there they were. And it was just a great moment of surprise and joy and excitement. And it was a wonderful moment. And that's what I begin to think about when we think about this time of Advent. We think, I think about those times, I mean, do you ever just... Do you ever just long to finally receive something you've been hoping for or to finally see someone that has been departed from you? Do you ever just long to be reunited with someone? The historical backdrop of the Christmas story is 400 years of silence from God. 400 years of silence. I don't know if we can comprehend that. We Christians are spoiled because we have the Holy Spirit. God is with us, not silent. And I say spoiled because sometimes we even, you know, we, we, we lose our car keys. And so we pray for our car keys. And then there they are. Oh, whew, I only had to wait 10 minutes. Silence from God. For 400 years. That had been the last time that the prophets had spoken. That was the last time a message was received. There had been some moments. There had been moments that, that, that were possibly hopeful. Especially when the Romans first uh, came in. You know, that didn't seem so hopeful. But then there was a stand against them. And that seemed hopeful. And the temple was preserved. And that seemed hopeful. And then there was compromise. And relig religious leaders became political leaders. And the politics became mixed. And God was still silent. For 400 years... And then a message was sent. I'm going to read in both Luke chapter 1 and then Matthew chapter 1. But Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 33. In the sixth month, 
the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin was named Mary and he came to her and said greetings O favored one the Lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be now I've, I've heard a lot of people kind of laugh and joke, of course you'd be greatly troubled if an angel suddenly spoke to you. you know, they, they, I always figure they are probably somewhat scary looking. I know we don't draw them that way. They don't look that way at the Precious Moments Chapel. But they're probably scary looking because mainly the first thing they almost always have to tell people is don't be afraid. But I think she's actually a little bit puzzled about the message. Because in 400 years, suddenly the message is, the Lord is with you. And then it continues. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Understand what this message is saying, that after 400 years of silence... And the angel begins with, the Lord is with you. And then tells of this miraculous birth that's going to take place. And this person, Jesus, these titles that he begins to say, he will be the son of the Most High. He will be on the throne of David forever. This is the Messiah, the Christ. After 400 years of silence, God isn't coming and saying, don't worry, I'm sending you another prophet. God isn't saying, don't worry, I've got some more messages for you. God is saying, the Messiah is coming. Turn over to Matthew chapter 1. There's another message sent. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from, his, from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and they called him Jesus. It's significant that they would say to call him Jesus. 
for, as in because, he will save his people from their sins. The Hebrew equivalent of Jesus is Joshua. And who was Joshua? The one that led the people into promise. Yes, we always talk about Moses as being the one who took the people out of Egypt. But Moses didn't get to lead the people into the promised land. They got there. They backed away. And they had to wait. And after a generation of waiting, Joshua was raised up to take the people into the promise. Now, after 400 years of silence from God, they are told the Messiah is coming. Call his name Jesus because he's going to save the people from, his sin, from their sin. He's going to lead them into the eternal promise. Not just a land or a place to live, but a kingdom. A kingdom with no end to be citizens of, a part of, redemption. And it said all of this was to fulfill the prophet Isaiah. When Isaiah had prophesied this, he used a different name. He said that they would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So understand, after 400 years of silence from God, they do not just receive a prophecy. They don't receive just another message of hope. Maybe something good is about to happen. They not only get the silence broken, but the silence is broken in a way that says that God is saying, I am now going to be with you. We are not separated. We are not silenced. I am with you. Imagine that for a moment, just that silence from God. Maybe it's not hard for you to imagine. If you're like me, I'm sure you've been through times where it seemed like your prayers just kind of bounce off the ceiling. It seems like we, we long for something and it's just never going to happen. This time of year, we always celebrate in our family uh, Caleb's adoption. The reason we do that this time of year is because we left to go get him on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We came home on January 13th. Uh, that's a long time to be in northern Kazakhstan, by the way, uh, in the winter. We adopted him on the 12th. There's all these little milestones, and we love to celebrate them. But there was that longing beforehand. When we found out that we weren't going, that we were not going to have children biologically, it was it was to say it was difficult is is quite the understatement. So there was a longing and a wonder of how is how will this be provided for? And then when we found out that uh, somebody was actually going to give us the money to complete an adoption, that was an answer to prayer. But then there was a year and a half of more red tape than you can imagine. And it got to the point where I stopped telling Samantha about any uh, hurdles in the way. Because it just got to the point where it would break her heart. And, and 
I like to be a truthful husband, but I did keep something. We were down to the last week. Time to get the plane tickets. Time to go. Plane tickets were ordered, but we had to have visas for Kazakhstan. And the guy at the New York Kazakhstan embassy was just kind of dragging his feet and not being real nice about it. And the person that was there getting my visa was like, We're not, we, we can't get them. You're gonna have to, you may have to cancel your plane tickets. And I couldn't tell her that. I couldn't go to her and say, we're not, we're not going Sunday. And then the person called me back and said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to drive to D.C. We didn't pay this person that much, by the way. I said, I'm going to drive to D.C. and see what I can, can do there. And they called back and said, the person in D.C. signed off on your visa. I'm going to FedEx it to you. If you get it in time, you can, you can still fly on Sunday. And I couldn't tell her that. I couldn't tell her, we may not go. We're down to shipping schedules at this point. And I remember I was out there, like the, I almost think it was the day before we were supposed to leave. I was raking leaves. I don't really rake leaves. I'm one of those. You know, it's okay to leave them where they're at. <laughs> but I'm raking leaves because I can't be in the house and not, you know, tell her this might not happen. I'm raking leaves and all of a sudden I hear a truck pull up behind me. I turn around, it's the FedEx man. I almost hugged the FedEx man. I can't do that. My dad was a postal employee, but, you know, I, I bring that up just to, there's that longing, and you've probably been in situations before where you just long for something, and there was a time when our world longed for God. And all of us, in some way, shape, or form, were built that way. We long for God. And he comes. He comes in Jesus. And he says, I, am I will be with you. The promise of hope is fulfilled. As we enter into this Advent time, let's not remember not only the longing, not only the times of silence, the dry spells of our spirit, but let's remember that hope, the hope that's delivered. And let's celebrate the promise. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, thank you. Lord, you sent us your Son. You give us your Holy Spirit. We can hardly imagine what it would be like if you weren't there. But Lord, sometimes we do begin to feel like you're not there. So Lord, in this time of Advent, remind us you are with us. Your son Jesus came to save us from our sins, to take us into your promise. That through all the longing and despair and even doubt, we have hope and promise in Him. Lord, bless us with your wisdom and your grace. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
before we rush into finishing up for today, perhaps it is appropriate.